sheltered in the arms of God tonight. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to be able to just to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ just to worship the Lord? You know, there are believers around the world that have to meet in secrecy, and have to meet in house churches, in places where not uh, very many would gather at the same time, uh, not to draw attention right to themselves. And so what a joy and a blessing and a freedom we have that we can gather here tonight. And I'm not saying that something couldn't happen. We know, unfortunately, it does at times, even here in our own country. But, but by, for the large part, we, we realize that, hey, probably tonight we can meet here and, and just praise the Lord and nobody's going to say anything, right? And so I hope that we will just praise the Lord tonight. And, and uh, so if you have your Bibles tonight, uh, the problem with these revivals is I always preach my favorites, and I know I probably have preached this. I know I have at other times. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Uh, at uh, First Baptist and Center, we are going through the Gospel of Mark. And I started just, I'm just going to preach, you know, just one, one sermon in every chapter. That's what I thought. Well, I don't know. I think I preached three in the first chapter. And so we've kind of slowed this series way down, you know. And, uh, but anyway, I preached this uh, not too many weeks ago again. And uh, uh, here in Mark chapter 2, one of my favorite stories. I mean, it's just a great story about these four that bring their friend to Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us that we're called to what? Go make disciples. Isn't that what the Lord said? That's what He said. He said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And that's what He told His disciples then. That's what He tells disciples now. And um, the Lord said that we will be witnesses unto Him. Right? Uh, we don't have to... You know, that they takes the pressure off us. We can't save anybody. Um, you know, I tell, I tell some of our guys sometimes, look, if you've saved them, they ain't saved, right? Only the Lord can save them. And, uh, and so, but all we can do is bear witness of what the Lord has done for us. But here in, in Mark chapter 2, we see uh, these four that bring their friend to Jesus. And we need to be about that. And there's some good things that I want us to see as we look here together. If you're able to stand, let's stand to honor the Word of God uh, tonight in Mark chapter 2, starting with verse 1. It says, And again he, he, Jesus, of course, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, uh, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the Word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that they may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch as they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. <laughs> I love that. 
We never saw it on this fashion. We've never seen anything like this. Boy, don't you want to see God do something like that again? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful, Lord, tonight for Your Word. Lord, would You just take it deep to our hearts tonight and for those that are here. We're thankful, Lord, for those who couldn't be here. We're, we, we lift them up before You as well, Lord. And, and Father, tonight we know there are a lot that may be watching online on Facebook, and we pray, Lord, Your blessings on them uh, tonight as well. Father, would You just uh, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray... Even again, if there be one here that doesn't know Jesus in a personal way, Father, would you draw that one to you and, Lord, give them that boldness just to trust Christ tonight. Father, for every believer in this place, I I pray, Lord, tonight that you would impress upon us the need to to share, uh, Lord, what you've done in our lives. Lord, just to, to lead others to you, to be fishers of men. So, Lord, help us with that. Father, I pray for help tonight in preaching. I pray for the very voice to speak tonight and um, that everything would be for your glory. We thank you already for our wonderful times of singing, Lord, just our special music, even, Lord, just all this week. It's just been a great week of fellowship together as well. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Samuel Shoemaker, you may have heard the name. He was a pastor from years gone by. I think actually Episcopalian pastor. I believe if I remember correctly, but uh, he made the remark, and you probably have heard it, and I'll kind of paraphrase it a little bit. He said, you know, the Lord calls us, like Peter, to be fishers of men. But he said, instead of becoming fishers of men, we have become keepers of the aquarium. He said, every now and then, you know, I'll take a few fish out of your fishbowl, and you'll take a few fish out of my fishbowl, but we're all tending the same fish. And there's some truth to that, isn't it? Um, I know even in our church, we... We have seen this last year, praise the Lord, we've seen a lot of kids come to know Christ, and a few students and a few adults. Uh, most of our adults have been those that wanted to be rebaptized. I guess, thinking that through, and we're thankful for all those. But, but many times, you know, we have a lot of folks that join our church. So move, they're moving into the lake, they're coming in from Georgia, and, and hence a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans. But besides that, they're moving in from Georgia, but we take a lot of folks that move into the church, and we understand that. That happens. That's not a, a bad thing. But... The thing is, sometimes if we just look at, at maybe transfer growth, and the Lord calls us to be fishers of men, and of course only the Lord can do the saving, but, but you know, we need to get back to evangelism, right? We need to get back to, to sharing the gospel, and maybe we've always been about that. Or maybe you're like me. Sometimes, you know, I don't make that as intentional as I ought to. A prayer I pray, not every day, but I, when I could think of it to pray, I'll pray something, you know, Lord... Put somebody in my path today that I can share a word about you. You know, that's kind of the way I'll say it. And uh, you'll be surprised, whether it be at the gas pump or Walmart, or I don't go to Walmart much, but anyway, but you know, different places that you'll have opportunity to to share about the Lord. I I also need to pray a a follow-up to that, and it would be, and Lord, help me not to miss it. (laughs) Because sometimes in in the midst of sharing the day, I'll miss those opportunities. Sometimes if we're not careful we will misunderstand and miss a, uh, what we might think is an interruption. And it might be an opportunity. You know, sometimes we, as somebody interrupted my day, that may be an opportunity to share about Christ. I love this story. I love this story. We come tonight to thinking about being fishers of men. And, and a few stats I had, I know uh, Brother Allen is, 
uh, was, has been leading the church or did here a Sunday night or two ago. I saw it on, on Facebook, um, uh, on the video there of, uh, of about sharing the gospel and something I think he does at Clear Creek and teaching. Here are some stats from, from the North American Mission Board just this year that for the first time in history, less than 50% of Americans are members of a local church. So the first time in history, less than half of Americans are, are members of a local church. Approximately 30% of Americans claim to be nuns. Are you familiar with that term? Nothing Catholic about that. Um, 30%, almost 30% of Americans claim to be nuns. This is when, when asked, what is your religious preference or affiliation, they'd say, none. I have none. Here's something else on that. A part of Generation Z, our youngest generation, uh, I think it's like 25% of Generation Z, our youngest group coming up. Thankful for all the students, young people we see in church because, listen, almost 25% would identify as nuns uh, in, in our country today. So that's a big stat. There are more than 340 unreached people groups or unengaged people groups in America. In America. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that, an unreached people group is less than 2% evangelized. Less than 2%. Unengaged, basically no one in that group. There are 340 of those groups in, in the United States. In fact, back this past spring, Anita and I, she's in the balcony, the family in the balcony, I guess. Uh, anyway, but uh, Anita and I had a chance to go through uh, our church, and we were going down through the North American Mission Board, something called uh, Serve Montgomery, down Montgomery. We got to actually work with an unreached people group uh, that lives in Montgomery. This is a group of people. I think they were from Mexico, if I remember right. Uh, this unreached people group that's living in this particular area. We see that all over. And so again, just thinking about the, the folks that are lost around us. Less than 30% of Americans say that a Christian has ever shared the plan of salvation with them. So here's what, did you get that? Less than 30% of Americans say that anyone has ever shared the plan of salvation with them. So we still got some work to do, don't we? So because a lot of times we're not sharing the gospel. And, and I've, I've been guilty too, so I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying this is the truth. And, and so what, what do we need to do about that? Well, let's be obedient to the Lord. How's that? And so we come to Mark 2. I want to give you some encouragement tonight. Not only to challenge us, but to give you some encouragement tonight as we see these four that brought their friend to Jesus. So tonight, who is it in your heart tonight that you want to see come to know Jesus? You may have several of those someones. Uh, Darren and I visited a couple of those someones probably even, even today, but, but you have a, maybe a list of someones. Here are folks that I know that, uh, you know, that I, I just want to share Christ with, or maybe it's someone I really don't know. I'm not sure where they are, and, and I want to share my faith with them. Well, I want you to start praying for them, right? Uh, and, and to do that, even tonight, and just to say, Lord, I'm willing. Open the door, uh, open their heart, open my mouth, give me the words, and, and just to be intentional uh, about that. Uh, so tonight, let's take a look. There's three things I want you to see in preacher fashion. Three points tonight. And, and here's the first one, a great love. A great love. Listen, people are loved into the kingdom of God. I believe that. Uh, verse 1, it says, And again, he, Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Uh, and straightway many were gathered together, and so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word uh, unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born by four. And so here it is. Jesus is back in Capernaum, and, and everybody's gathered in, the master preacher, right? And, and I, mean, you, I mean, you couldn't, as, as my mom would say, you couldn't stir them with a stick. 
I mean, everywhere, right? And, and, and so here comes, here comes four pairing, carrying their one sick of the palsy, their paralyzed friend. And so we don't know anything about it. That's all we know. It says born by four, right? And we don't know who it is. You know, were they, were they related? Is this the son of one of them? Is this the nephew of one of them? Is this the grandson of one of them? Right? Uh, are, they, are they childhood friends? Are they brothers? I don't, we don't know. Uh, but the point is, listen, I believe, and it doesn't say this, but I believe these people, these four, love this guy or they would have never brought him to Jesus. We don't know the relation, but there had to be something they felt like, well, if we can just get our, our friend to, to Jesus, right? That's how people are wanting to the kingdom, isn't it? You're not going to argue someone into the kingdom. <laughs> Most of the time, you're not going to debate someone into the kingdom. Now, there's a time, certainly for apologetics, sure. But that point is, people are loved into the kingdom. And, 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 and we need to know the gospel, but, but certainly just to love people. I think it's Daryl Robinson uh, in, his book, in his book, his old book, People Sharing Jesus. And he basically said this. He said, he said Christianity in its simplest terms is this. Loving Jesus and loving people. <clears throat> loving Jesus and loving people. And, and that's it, isn't it? And so, so tonight, who is it that you love that, um, that needs to know the Lord? So that I don't have a coughing spell, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a cough drop in, and I'll try not to get too excited and swallow it or spit it at you. <clears throat> Next time you're out somewhere at the mall, anybody ever do any people watching? You know, people are, they're hilarious, aren't they? Uh, and, but you know, next time you're out doing some people watching, wherever that might be, the mall or something, just imagine this. According to statistics, probably three out of four are lost. Now that may not be true necessarily in this area, right? But if you look at our country, probably three out of four are lost without a relationship with Jesus. And what does the Bible say? When someone's lost without Christ, listen, there's no hope for them after death. Right? I mean, if somebody dies lost without Jesus, listen, they're going to that horrible place called hell. And that ought to stir our hearts, should it not? That ought to stir our hearts tonight, just to imagine that. And, and here's a prayer that I have to pray and need to pray even more often. Lord, would you break my heart for the things that breaks your heart? So we see, though, this great love. People are, are loved into the kingdom. So who is it tonight? Even now, would you offer that prayer? Lord, Help me to witness to so-and-so. And you can call them by name, even to the Lord tonight. Second thing, here's a crazy faith. That's what I've called it, a crazy faith. And uh, we see then these four. It says, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, verse 4, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they, they let it down, the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be Forgiven thee. Now, it says that, that, that when they couldn't get to him because of the press, right? When they couldn't get to him because of, uh, of all the people that were there, you know, what they do? So they went up and they let him down through the roof. Now, now you probably know this. You know, the, the roof wouldn't have been a, a steep pitch, right, or anything like that. It would have been a flat roof. It had sod and grass growing. Probably would have been an outside staircase or ladder, to get up to that. So it would not have been unheard of. If you go to the book of Acts, right, chapter 10, Simon Peter's up on the roof, right? Remember praying when he saw the, the vision of the sheets? I mean, this is something that would have been done. But nowhere else in all of Scripture do you find 
someone going up on the roof to let somebody down before Jesus. And, and, and here's the thing that we can say about it. Number one, it was they were persistent, right? They were persistent. When they got, when they got their friend there and they couldn't get in, you know, how easy would it have been just to say, well, buddy, I guess it just wasn't your night. <laughs> wasn't your day. You know, we'll try again. We'll try to catch Jesus on the next uh, tour he comes back through. You know, they, but they didn't say that, did they? No, no, they, 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 they were persistent. Here's the thing. Some of you, like me, you've been praying for folks to be saved that same, and they haven't been saved yet. And sometimes you think, well, what's the use? Anybody ever have that thought? Why do I keep praying? Kind of like a little boy. He was praying, you know, and somebody heard him praying. He said, you know, he, he, he said, you know, ain't, ain't Marcy said she still can't find a job and, and cousin Hubert, he, he still, you know, can't lose weight and, and mama, she's still having problems and daddy's hair still falling out. I'm tired of this praying and nothing happening. You know, and that's kind of what we are sometimes. We pray and we pray and we pray and, and we just feel like, hey, is anything really happening? Well, you keep praying. You keep praying and, and persistent. You know, just to be persistent in, in sharing the gospel and persistent in, in going back and lifting that person before the Lord, engaging them in conversation. So we see they were, they were persistent, but not only that, it was, it was creative. As I mentioned, nowhere else in Scripture do you read about somebody being let down through the roof, right? And I believe the Lord gave them that. I believe the Lord gave them that. And, and, and because it, it was pretty creative. And so can you imagine? They're all sitting there. And of course, Luke tells us, See, Matthew tells us there's scribes and Pharisees, but Luke tells us they came from all over. So there's this big religious contingency, right? Right in the front or wherever, you know. And, 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 and so, so here it is, and all of a sudden the dirt starts coming down. Can you imagine we're having church tonight? Dirt started coming down, and all of a sudden somebody lowered down through the ceiling. That'd be a pretty high lower. But anyway, but you, can get the, you, you know what I'm saying. If you were in a situation, that would be... And, and so can you imagine what was going on, right? Um... You know, I'm not real creative, and, I, and I'll be the first to say that, but some of you are. Some of you are. And, and here's what I think needs to happen. I don't want to make anybody mad, but here's what I think needs to happen. If we're going to continue to reach people in the 21st century, we've got to stop doing church like we did in 1950. Now, the message does not change. Please hear that. The message does not change. But, there may be some things we could do differently. There may be some things that we could do and not to cater to the world. Because I know sometimes people go, well, no, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying, and you're doing already a lot of that with the things online that we see. I'm just saying, we got to go to where the fish are. And Jesus didn't say, y'all come. And sometimes that's our mentality in church. Y'all come, <laughs> right? And we love it when folks come. But, but the thing is, Jesus said, y'all go. And, and sometimes we're just not going. And, and then you'll hear people say, well, they know where the church is. Well, they do, but Jesus still said, you go. Go make disciples of all nations and baptizing them, right, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all things I've commanded. And so my point is just, just in being creative. Some of you have heard this story, but you look like you need a funny. Uh, let me just tell you this. I heard about, a, heard about a lady. She was getting ready to fix her a ham. And, uh, and so she cut off a big part of that ham put it in the baking pan. And her husband looked at her and said, uh, that's, a, that's a shame to cut off part of that ham, isn't it, isn't it Roger? Amen. Anyway, and uh, and he said, why did you do that? And uh, she said, well, so that's what mama always did. And uh, 
So she said, why did your mama do that? She said, well, I don't know. I'll call her. So she called her up and said, Mama. So I noticed that any time you fix your, your, uh, your ham, you always cut off a big part of it, you know, on the end. Why do you do that? She said, well, honey, that's what your grandma always did. And, and she said, well, why did she do that? She said, well, I don't know. Call her. So she did. She called her up and said, Grandma, you know, when you fix your ham, you always cut off a big part of that ham. Why do you do that? She said, well, honey, I got a little bitty bacon, bacon pan. <laughs> you know, sometimes in the church, we, we just do what we've always done. And if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. That's the way you go. You understand what I'm saying, right? And we, we, you know, what's that definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, right? And, and so here's the thing, and, and, and because uh, some of you have been Baptist before you were born, I know, listen, and, 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 and I'm all about being Baptist, but you know those famous, famous seven Baptist words, right? We've never done it that way before. And there's some akin to it, and it's this. We tried it once, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that, heard that too. You know, but here's the thing. Listen, if what you're doing is working, keep on going. But if the horse is dead, dismount. And the world is dying and going to hell, and we're just, we're just playing around. If they want to come, they'll come. I believe, listen, we're going to all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give account of the deeds done in the body, whether good or bad. Right? The Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ, but we're going to give an account of what we've done. And I say to you tonight, church, brothers and sisters, we must be about the gospel. We must be about proclaiming Christ. Our attitude ought to be whatever it takes. We had a youth minister, um, Brian Phelps. Some of you may remember Brian when I was over here first and... Uh, and that was his motto. That was his mantra. I believe the boy would live that. Yeah, whatever it takes. That's how he'd sign his little emails or letters or whatever, whatever it takes. And I, I watched him. I, I really believe he, he lived that. And, and we ought to be, if it's legal, ethical, and moral, then he'd always be that, right? Then it's fair game. How do we use that to, to reach people with the gospel, right? You know, maybe you know, we don't do a weekly visitation anymore. We found that that didn't really work. You know, um, we found that most people who come to know the Lord, and I think Brother Allen shared this, uh, most people come to know the Lord to come to church is because somebody they know invited them. Right? So are we inviting anybody? Are we sharing with anybody? You know, maybe sometimes a good thing to do, just go down to the, go down to the ballpark during the games, right? Kind of mingle around. You'll see folks you know, right? Drink a Coke and share Jesus. That might be a commercial. I don't know. But, but anyway, but, but the point is, getting out where, where the people are. And so, but be creative, certainly, to be creative with that. But also sacrificial. Have you ever thought about this? Somebody, somebody was going to have to pay for that roof. When they, let, when they broke through that roof, whether it was Simon Peter's home or Simon Peter's mother-in-law's house, or whoever it might have been, you know, but I don't believe that that mattered. I believe they were willing to do whatever it took if they can just get their friend to Jesus. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because here's, here's, here's my... Can I just be honest with you? Not that I haven't been so far. Now you're wondering. But sometimes, I want to see people say, I really do, as long as it doesn't cost me too much. Anybody else feel that way? Yeah, as long as I'm not really put out... As long as I can stay comfortable. Did the Lord promise that? 
I mean, just to let God deal with our hearts tonight. Am I really, do I really want to see people come to Christ? Is that my joy? See, because sometimes we find our joy in other things other than Jesus. Are you with me? Sometimes, you know, you know it's football season. <laughs> i got to go back and face those Georgia fans. But anyway, but the thing is, you know, it's, it's, it, it, sometimes it's sports. Or maybe it's hunting. You know, and, or maybe it's something else. Uh, ladies, I don't know what y'all do. But anyway, whatever y'all do, maybe it's something else that, that is really, that, that has your heart. You know, maybe it's, it's something else. You know, that, that really has captured your heart rather than Christ, right? See, see, and so tonight, if that's the case with you or with me, if something else has our heart, find your way before God till He warms your heart again. See, the, the worst thing is when we just go on playing church. Oh, we have revival, have meetings, and we just go on playing church. The true test of revival is what happens after because I've been in, listen, been a pastor a long time. Some of you have endured my preaching for a long time. I do apologize. Uh, but, but the thing is, and we've had meetings, and we've really had times where, wow, I think something happened. And, and, and you can see it, you know, it, throughout the church, it's a spirit of revival. People coming to know Christ, right? The church growing. And so I just encourage you in that, right? Listen, let us keep on seeking the Lord. Amen. To keep on seeking the Lord. So it was sacrificial. So are we willing to do whatever it takes to see people come to know Christ? Um, so then look at verse 6. Let me move on for the sake of time. Let me move on. It says, well, let me look, look, look again at verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, it says he saw their faith. Now, we know that James tells us that faith without dead, or, or excuse me, uh, our faith without works is dead, right? And so Jesus could see their faith. Why? Because they were letting this guy down. <laughs> you know, it was a living faith, wasn't it? As compared to those who claimed to have faith, probably, but didn't. Verse 6 There were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he, he said unto them, Why reason these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. Right? Now let me just, let me just stop right there for the moment. So, so they're letting this, this, uh, this guy down, and Jesus sees her faith, and, 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 and what does Jesus say to him? Be healed, get up. No, he didn't say it yet. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. Well, he had the religious establishment here. They're thinking, who's this guy think he is? God? Well, actually, he is. That's who he is, isn't it? Who's this guy think he is? God? Only God can forgive sin. It's blasphemy. Because they don't think he's God, right? And, and Jesus knows what they're thinking. But isn't it interesting that Jesus met his greatest need first? you'd ask the four guys on the roof, they probably said, hey, we want him healed. That's what they thought. We want him healed. Right? Yes. But, but his greatest need was to be forgiven of his sin. That's our greatest need, isn't it? We must be born again. The Bible tells us we're sinners. Uh, nobody likes to hear that, but it's true. Isn't it? We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God and the wages, the payment of our sin is death. Listen, if you're here tonight without Jesus and you've never trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, your sin is going to send you to hell. It's not God's fault. No, we choose to send ourselves. 
choose to do her own thing. But listen, there's hope. Because yes, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Woo! Doesn't that, listen, doesn't that make you feel good tonight? Amen? Some of you need to take face. That's good news. Listen, that's good news. Listen, I know what a knucklehead I've been, and I'm thankful for God's grace. Aren't you? Amen? I mean, see, I think a lot of times as Christians, we forget what God's done for us. And people see us around, and I don't mean that you have to be like me, you know, grinning like a possum eating poke berries or something all the time. Some different dispositions. I understand that. But you know what? We ought to be around people and they ought to see something in you, see Christ in you. And if there's something different, man, they ought to want that. Amen? Because it's the Lord. And, and sometimes they don't see anything different than what they got and they're thinking, I don't need that. But I digress. Thy sins be forgiven thee. That's what he said, wasn't it? That's our greatest. Listen, I'm glad the Lord said that. I didn't hear it verbally, but listen, when I asked him to save me, I forgot the year, Richie, but it was a long time ago. When I asked God to save me when I was a nine-year-old kid, he heard that prayer. Amen. Aren't you glad of that tonight? Amen. I'm about done. Amen. Some of you look like you need some encouragement. Anyway, so... I often say that because when I say that, sometimes I go, I won't go long. Anyway, uh, so thy, sons, uh, thy sins be forgiven thee. But anyway, they're thinking, who's this guy? I think he is God. And so Jesus, perceiving that, thought, well, and he said, well, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or take up your bed and, and go home? And so look, look what he said. But that you may know, verse 10, that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise Take up thy bed and go thy way unto thy ha- and thine house. And immediately, there's Mark's word. He loves that word. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth before them all. Insomuch they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Listen, Jesus is Lord over the demons. He is Lord over death. He is Lord over disease. And he just said to that guy, saying to all of those sitting there, I know what you're thinking. You know, it's pretty easy to say your sins are forgiven, but only God can forgive sin. Jesus said, but that you'll know that I really did forgive his sin, I'm going to heal him. Take up your bed and walk. And what happened? Did the old boy, uh, getting up in the mornings, uh, nah, as they said, immediately. I believe, buddy, he sprung to his feet, don't you? Immediately. And everybody's like, I don't know that, I know being Baptist, we don't really dance, but maybe he was doing nature boy, nature boy, back to my wrestling days. Anyway, but I don't know. But anyway, I don't know. But I, can you imagine, can you imagine the, clear, the, the crowd clearing away and this guy just, listen, because why? Because the Lord's on the scene. The Lord's in the house. And when God is in the house, things happen. Now, God has not diminished in power. And we know to even today, he can, still, he can still bring healing, right? He can still bring physical healing, and He does many times. But the greatest miracle of all, here's the final point, an unexpected miracle. The greatest miracle of all is when Jesus said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. 
Because, listen, this old boy, we don't know anything else about him. We don't know what happened. I'm sure that was a great day. <laughs> you know, if we don't know how long he lived after that, none of that is told to us in Scripture. We'll find out one day in glory. But one day, that old boy, he died. But when he closed his eyes here, he opened them in glory because the Lord said to him, your sins be forgiven. So here, let me ask you this, and we're going to close. Have you had that time, and I don't mean verbally, but have you had that time in your life that the Lord has said to you, your sins are forgiven? Have you had that time in your life that, that you've called upon Jesus, Lord, come into my heart, forgive me, save me, unworthy as I am, come into my heart and save me. And you know, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, I quoted a lot of, a lot of weeks, Whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise, isn't it? Whosoever, right? Whosoever will meaneth me, right? Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Has there been that time you've called upon the Lord? And maybe tonight everybody here and say, yep, I've done that. Praise God. Praise God. But maybe you're here tonight and you can't go back to a time. Listen, you can't go back to a time that you turn from your sin and you turn to Jesus. Well, what about tonight? Or maybe you're watching tonight by way of, of, of Facebook or online. Have you, have you had that time in your life that you repented of your sin? And what I mean by that, the word repent means to change your mind. And in doing that, you change direction, right? doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. doesn't mean we're working our way to heaven. But there's an intentional, I don't want to keep doing those things that I'm doing. I'm going to turn to Jesus. It's like Anita Joe used to say in talking to our kids in Awana, she said, when you get saved, your warner changes. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Your warner? That's right. Your warner changes. And when we come to Christ, you know, what, what does He want us to do? We're not going to be perfect, no. No, we're not working our way to heaven. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. But, but yet still, there's this distinct change. The Bible says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And there's a transformation, right, that takes place. When we come to Christ, He changes us. A friend of mine, uh, maybe distant relation, his name was Harry Nation. I don't know if I ever told you about old Harry. He was at my first church. First time I met Harry, he said this. He said, Preacher, you can come visit any time you want except when UK's playing basketball. I said, okay. I understand that. I said, I won't do you that way. Old Harry, after a while, some of his family started coming to our church, and old Harry got saved. And... Uh, and so he was a truck driver. And uh, so he's driving down the road. This, this was told. I don't know if he told or somebody told it on him. He's driving down the road the next day. The next day. And, his, and I don't think they'd gone very far. And, and his co-driver looked over at him and said, uh, said, you got saved, didn't you? He said, well, yeah. How'd you know? He said, because you haven't been cussing a blue streak since we left. <laughs> now, we laugh at that, but I mean, this guy that worked with him Notice there's something different about this guy, right? Right? And, and, and isn't that what the Lord does? Listen, if you're here tonight and you claim to be a believer and there's nothing different about you, I don't know what you got, but it ain't working. Trade it in. Come to Jesus. Like I told you, I think, I think Sunday morning. The true test of saving faith is this. Is it saving you now? Is it making a difference in your life now? Saving you from a life of sin? Saving you from whatever? You can put it, fill in all the blanks. Is it making a difference in the life, 
in your life now. If it's not making any difference now, then it's not going to make any difference later. Listen, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He is mighty to save. Now, I know I'm preaching probably to the choir in that, but if you're here tonight without Him, listen, call upon Him. For every believer here tonight, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Will you commit yourself to the Lord tonight to say, with the Lord's help, I'm going to try to share my faith. I'm going to be more intentional about that. I'm going to try to... I'm not, I'm not asking for a number of people, nothing. But just to say, I, I'm going to be intentional. Lord, open my mouth. Put me in a... I'm going to start praying for people. I've got some folks I want to pray for. And I'm going to ask God just to give me boldness. Anybody need boldness from time to time? You know, the early church did too. And they prayed for it and God shook that place, right? Right, Acts chapter 4, right? Pray, Lord, give me boldness. Open my mouth. Open their hearts and help me to share about you. And we might need to start with some conversations that might lead to a presentation. Okay? Let me say this. We might need to start with a conversation. Megan, my daughter, remember at New Heights and Berea, and when Brother John was there, uh, he used to keep track up front how many gospel conversations the church had. Because many times you've got to start a conversation before you might get into a presentation. So I want to encourage you in that as well. All right? Amen? Amen? All right, let's bow our heads as we come to a time of invitation as we close out tonight. Well, here we are. Here we are, our last, our last night of our meeting. And, um, and where, where are you at? <laughs> I've asked that several times and and I know that's probably not, it's not good grammar, but, but where are you at? Where are you at spiritually tonight? Again, I would just say, if you're here without Jesus, if you're watching without Jesus, I'll run to Him. Run to Him. He loves you. He died for you. He rose again. And He'll come into your heart if you'll just ask Him. Tonight, if you're here without the Lord, never be a better time to be saved than tonight. Heaven is sweet. Oh, but listen, my friend, hell's hot. It's real. It's a real place. And you don't want to be there, and you don't have to be there. The Lord's provided a way for you and me to be saved through His Son, Jesus. And Jesus paid the price for our sins on that cross, took our place, died in our place as our substitute for our sins. And if you'll trust Him tonight, He'll save you. For every Christian here tonight, Listen, would you be willing to say, Lord, use me. You know, just to make yourself available to the Lord. You know, sometimes we think, well, I don't have the ability to do that. Well, you know, if you'll make yourself available, God will give you the ability. His Holy Spirit makes up for everything we can't do, right? And salvation's of the Lord. And we can't save anybody, but we're called to be witnesses. And folks, we have friends and family that's going on their way to hell without Jesus. Do we even care? I mean, do we really care? Maybe we need to ask the Lord tonight just to give us a burden for lost people. That's a good place. That's a good prayer. Just to help us in that. Father, how we need Your help. And Lord, I pray even for myself as well. Lord, I'm not always intentional and And Lord, forgive me for those times I seem pretty unconcerned about folks. 
Forgive me, Lord, when I've got my mind on something of the moment rather than eternity. And so, Father, I pray, help us. Lord, tonight I pray for, Lord, that one that might be here tonight that doesn't know Jesus. Would You give them that boldness, Lord, just to come to Christ tonight? Would You give them that boldness just to call upon Jesus right now? Just to ask Jesus to come in and save them and forgive them. And Father, I just pray for, Lord, every believer here tonight. Lord, would You encourage us, Lord, and I need it too. And and Lord, help us to be obedient to what we call the Great Commission. Lord, to the marching orders that You gave us to go make disciples. Father, help us to be intentional. Lord, help us to be creative. Help us to be sacrificial and persistent. Lord, when we're tempted to give up and to quit, when we're tempted to quit praying for so-and-so or tempted to quit trying to share, Lord, may we remember that You've got to do the saving, not us. But all we can do is share. So Lord, help us. Help us with that tonight. Father, now bless this time. Maybe there's other decisions here. Maybe for that person, it may be just a long way from You. Lord, may they just see that You're willing to forgive when we repent. Father, Your Word tells us if we'll confess our sins, the Lord Jesus is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, tonight, anything between us and You, help us to confess it. And we know You promise to forgive. It's in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.